past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. Today we're excited to have a guest with us, Maureen Farmer, who is the president of WordRight Career and HR Consulting from Halifax, Canada. And she is going to be talking with us about the executive hidden market, the job search, and how executives can unlock that hidden job search. You know, it's one of those topics that people have a little bit of misconception about. So we'll talk about what that means and how you, whether you're an executive or not, these are going to be keys to you unlocking that hidden job market. So Maureen, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Marie. It's my absolute pleasure to be here today. Yes. And tell us a little bit about the challenges that your clients face that are going to, it's going to resonate with our listeners. They'll say, yep, that sounds like me. Right. Well, a lot of the individuals that I work with um, have never had to look for a job before. So what does that mean? That doesn't sound possible, does it? Well, a lot of the clients that I work with have been you know, repeatedly recruited, rapidly promoted throughout their organizations or their companies. And at some point in their career, a change is is happening. So it could be something something like a merger or an acquisition. Uh, It could be that the, the, the company is leaving an area or disappearing altogether because, as you know, there are lots of industries that are, are simply disappearing today. So typically, the individuals that I work for have been very successful in their careers. Uh, they've earned uh, great accolades and, and accomplished great things for their organizations and their industries. And all of a sudden, they're faced with the daunting challenge of looking for a job for the very first time in their career. Um, there are a few other challenges that my clients face. Some are business owners who have had a successful business for a number of years and they've decided at, you know, uh, when they're in their 50s and 60s and sometimes later that they want to get back into the labor market. So my clients are pretty much brand new to the, la- to the labor market, although these principles, as you said before, apply to anyone who, who would be looking for a new opportunity, whether it's a promotion inside their organization or an opportunity outside the organization, or it could be a board opportunity that they are targeting. Um, those are the types of, of opportunities and challenges that they face. And it's interesting, you know, Marie, I'm seeing about a 40% increase in the incidence of bullying uh, in the workplace, even at the most very senior levels. And so sometimes when a person is facing that type of stress in the organization and the organization is not prepared to deal with this type of behavior, sometimes the only option is to leave. And so so that would be sort of uh, what my clients, uh, the challenges that my clients are facing today. Interesting. And it's, you know, I see this as well, a group of people who's never had to really job search before, and they hear a lot about 
how to job search. You just can't even click one click on on any site without seeing an article about how to job search. Tell us what you see as some of the misconceptions of the hidden job market or how you help them kind of define this hidden job market. Well, that's a great question because I think that the hidden job market is not really an appropriate name for this process or this market because everything that a client or job seeker needs uh, especially at the level that I'm working, the clients I'm working with, they have everything they need at their fingertips. And so I think there's a misconception that in order to secure a job that's not advertised, that they, they need to attend industry dinners and do a lot of networking and talking to people. And typically the clients that I work with are quite, um, I would say, introverted, much like myself, quite shy and are not really... Uh, focused on self-promotion and don't even know how to self-promote. And so I think those are the misconceptions of the hidden job market. And as I said before, everything that a job seeker needs to tap into the hidden job market is really at their fingertips. Right. They already have it or or it wouldn't work. <laughs> and exactly. so we're going to talk Absolutely. about... Yes, we're going to talk about your three kind of three part process for um, tapping into that hidden job market here in just a second. But you, well, okay, let's just dive into that a little bit. Well, actually, sorry. (laughs) Tell me more (laughs) about what that hidden job market means. I'm sure they've heard about it. They have everything that they need, but what does this hidden job market mean? What does it look like? Well, the hidden job market refers to, there's always a bit of debate over the number, but between 80 and 95% of jobs that are never advertised. And especially at those levels, the more senior the level, uh, the fewer jobs not only on, there are going to be fewer jobs, but there will be fewer jobs advertised. And there's a whole bunch of reasons for that. So that leaves 95% of job seekers targeting 5% of advertised jobs. And I'm not a mathematician, but I don't think you need to be one to kind of get those numbers. And so when we are 1% seeking 95% of the opportunities out there, guess what happens? There's no competition or very little competition, right? right? Does that make sense? Yes. And so, you know, what I see a lot is I see a lot of, of individuals when they come to me or not just to me, to other career coaches, uh, is a practice of sitting behind a computer applying for jobs on job boards. Now, there are certain situations where job, job boards rather work well, but when you consider that the efficacy of a job, uh, successful job search through a job board is about 1% to 3%, and you're spending, as a job seeker, 95% of your time uh, on job boards, the return on investment is pretty low. And so these hidden jobs are jobs that may not be advertised yet. Maybe they're in the budget and they've not been advertised yet and they are just waiting for the right person to walk through the door. Uh, it could be um, 
a situation where there's succession planning in place and maybe there is a candidate or an incumbent rather who's getting ready to leave an organization and that person's role will need to be backfilled. Um, There are um, private equity and venture capital companies that are looking for uh, turnaround experts all the time uh, to take over their companies. Very seldom are those opportunities um, advertised uh, recruiters as well. Uh, some recruiters will recruit exclusively for a company. Uh, uh, and in that sense, the, the jobs are never advertised. And there's a, there's a reason for that. Um, one of the reasons is that some companies don't want to have their name um, out there. They, for competitive reasons, for uh, I work with somebody in the UK and her organization uh, hires people with the very top security clearances and so they never advertise. You don't even see these companies ever advertised um, in any way. So these opportunities are really everywhere. And if you can get into those organizations before they make the hiring decision or before they make the decision to actually uh, advertise um, the position, then you're in a perfect position to um, to take on, you know, a new opportunity. Good. Yeah, there's all of these reasons that a position may not be posted. And at the executive level, they don't really post openly to a lot of the normal job boards anyway. So there's a different process that our folks are going through. And it's not going to be one that where they're easily going to find a, a list of positions that are a good fit. Um, so when they think about this hidden job market and that they can have a competitive advantage by accessing it, it's not mm. just networking, right? It's it, it goes beyond networking and you have three keys that you want to share to how this is done and how people can access it. And you don't have to go out there and attend these cocktail networking events, right? There's so many other ways to do no. it. And people people oh, kind absolutely. of get... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, people get caught up in the whole networking game. So mm-hmm. a little bit about how you recommend people access this hidden job market. What steps should they take? Well, you know, I just thought of another um, component of the hidden job market that I didn't mention, and, I'll, and then I'll answer your question. Um, so another, another hidden job that very few people think about is redesigning their own job in their own organization. Now, obviously, the conditions need to be ripe for that. Uh, but I have worked with a couple of people who have decided after a very lengthy job search that they decided to stay with their own organization. And that's another another option that a lot of people don't consider. So um, so that's a, another so, part of the component. Sorry? That is so, no, no, no. That, sorry to interrupt you. That is such a good point that sometimes the grass isn't greener and we can apply these same techniques that you're going to talk about to redesigning our own job as well. And it, just as the right time, we're going to take a short break. Instead of diving into the process, we'll take a short break and we'll come back in just a few minutes and dive in. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America. America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we'll hear with Maureen Farmer. And she is sharing tips for accessing the hidden job market, especially for our executive audience. But any of you in in leadership positions in transition will find this helpful. So, Maureen, we've been talking about what the hidden job market is and different ways that they can think about it and define it. Now I want to jump into what they can do you have kind of three components that you recommend for them to decode the hidden job market. So tell us what those are. Right. Thank you. Well, in my opinion and in my experience, there are three areas that uh, are really helpful for clients to to focus on before they launch uh, a job search using the hidden job market. And, of course, one of them is um, understanding, identifying their centers of influence. And so what are the centers of influence? Well, the centers of influence are all of the people that you've spent your entire career developing relationships with. And they are friends, family at, the, at one level, um, colleagues, bosses, mentors, suppliers, um, volunteer organizations, these are all your centers of influence who are in a position to help you. Um, the second component is the branding component. And so that's having a consistent message that you deliver to decision makers and colleagues that tell them exactly what it is that you want to do or tells them exactly what you do. And it tells them exactly what you want to do. And I think that that's the most important component of the entire equation is knowing what you want to do. Because when you know that and you have a consistent message for decision makers, you know, it makes you more confident. And then you are able to instill trust and, and confidence in these decision makers who are in a position to help you. 
Um, the third component is project uh, execution. So that's being able to take a plan and execute on it. And uh, most of my clients do that beautifully. Uh, going back to the centers of influence, though, we talk about networking and how do you do all of that? Well, there is a really easy way to reach out to your network and that actually takes care of two things at once. So one is signaling to your network that you are in motion, that you're in the market. And the second part of that is extracting branding information from them. So what does that mean? So what I do with my clients, and I hope this is helpful to the listeners here, is that I go out to my client's network and I ask them questions. I ask them very simple questions, things like, what are my top three or my client's top three competencies? What are the top three accomplishments that you have seen me uh, accomplish over my career? And then I get them to answer a very simple question. And that question is, tell me about a time when, and we'll use Marie as an example, tell me about a time when Marie dot, 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 and then they finish the question. And my clients find it really, really helpful for them. And they can do it themselves. They don't need to hire anyone to do, to do that for them. They can actually reach out to their networks themselves and get that feedback directly from them. And you may say, well, you know, who would you identify? It would have to be, uh, I suggest, between 7 and 11 people or 12 people to do this with. And obviously, you want to reach out to people that you know, like, and trust. But that's been a powerful way of getting branding um, components for for clients' um, portfolios. And I'd say that the third component would be identifying a group of organizations that you're going to contact directly. And in contacting them directly, you bypass all of the other vehicles um, that may interfere with that that plan, going directly to the decision maker to... um, to, to talk to the decision maker about the needs of the organization. And I've just kind of ranted a little bit there. It's a, so I'll, I'll pause for a moment to see if you have any questions, but I do have a quick story to tell you that demonstrates this beautifully. So we have centers of influence, branding, and uh, you know that's being able to pull people instead of pushing. When you have a great mm-hmm. brand, then you're able to attract people instead of having to push yourself on other people or quote unquote sell yourself right and then there's this project execution piece which is strategizing and and structuring your process your conversations your 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 search Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. absolutely and uh it's it's a very simple process actually and so uh i'd like to tell you a very quick story about a client i worked with um just a few months ago his name is jay And uh, Jay, in fact, didn't even have a network. He was moving from uh, Hong Kong to Toronto, and he was changing industries. He He was changing from consulting to technology, sales. He's a sales executive. And he had started in September of last year. And as much as I love LinkedIn, I'm a huge ambassador for LinkedIn. I think uh, a great deal of the product and the platform, but he wasn't getting any traction. So he went from September to January. He had applied for dozens and dozens of jobs on LinkedIn. He was actually in Toronto at the time, and he did not get one interview. So we started working together in January, and then he was market ready by the time we did everything mid-February, um, early March, and and understand that he, he he didn't know anyone in Toronto, no one. And 
what he did was he targeted 10 to 15 companies. He found them on LinkedIn. He did some research, um, you know, in other ways as well, uh, reading the newspaper, finding out who was growing, who might need salespeople. And he landed a job in early June uh, of this year. And it was quite an amazing feat. Now, he did really well executing on his plan. And so I would say that the most important part of executing on that plan is the follow-up process. And so that's where really the magic is, in my opinion. And uh, with Jay, he followed up with the organization after he'd had a couple of interviews. Things went quiet for a little while. And uh, he kept, he was very diligent and tenacious um, without being pushy. He wasn't pushy or anything like that, uh, but he was very clear and, and very um, comprehensive, or I should say conscientious in getting his plan, uh, executing on his plan and following up diligently with the, the decision maker. So that was quite an exciting story, especially where he didn't have any Canadian experience. So quite pleased about, about Jay. And he's pretty pleased as well. Yes, so it's that consistent effort and all of the efforts coming together. There's never just kind of one golden ticket connection, right? So tell me a little bit about the centers of influence and how do people identify their their centers of influence? That's a great question. I think it's different for each person. Um, however, I just look at my own career and I remember uh, people who have helped me along the way and people who I've helped along the way are are people who may be able to um, serve as a reference, as a may actually know someone in the targeted industry that you're looking at. So if you're looking at an opportunity in cybersecurity software uh, sales and you have a connection, even if it's a tangential connection through a supplier that you had years ago that you got along really well mm-hmm. with. Um, so really centers of influence can be, can be really anyone in your network. Uh, friends and family can be a great way to learn about, um, not learn about opportunities per se, but a great way to tap your network because these are the people who, who know you, who love you, and trust you, and are willing to uh, do research on your behalf. Uh, former clients, I think it's, it's a matter of not, not who necessarily, but depending on your level of, of trust in that relationship, because not everyone in your network is going to be willing or able to help you um, in, that, in that search or in that connection to your targeted organizations. Yes, that's important to think about the relationship and that it is a relationship, right? We're not, quote unquote, using these people. And that's always our candidates fear, right? Oh, they're, they're going to feel like I'm using them. And there's oh, hesitation, yes. right? So that's a really great point that you bring up. And that is one of the uh, strategies that I help my clients with is beautiful power of reciprocation. And so when my clients ask someone for a favor or, or for lunch or for a reference or some information, maybe I want to take that person to lunch and have uh, a conversation about the cybersecurity industry. And of course, you're going to feel indebted to the person who's having lunch with you. So I always recommend that you pay for lunch 
or you, you know, send uh, tickets to the symphony after, or you reciprocate in some way, maybe you can help that person do something that they can't do for themselves. Perhaps you have some expertise that you're able to uh, offer them in exchange for, for their time. But I, in my experience, most people are very willing to help. Uh, if you know what you want, if you're specific, and you have a specific request from someone, uh, then typically, in my experience, very few people will say no. That's just been my experience. Wonderful. So just in kind of a one minute here, how would you recommend someone get started in their process? Where should they start? Well, I think maybe I had the centers of influence at the top, but really I think probably the branding part needs to come first and really understanding, you know, what is it that you do? What is it that you want to do next? I think that's a really important thing that needs to be addressed before you start hitting the market because otherwise you'll be sending mixed, uh, sorry, mixed signals to the market if you're not 100% clear on what it is that you're seeking. And, and a lot of my clients know exactly what they want. Some don't know so much, so we do some exploration there. But I'd say that's probably the very first step. And then, of course, you know, uh, reaching out to your centers of influence and then executing on a plan based on a, on a, a company or, or an organization list that you've identified as being sort of a hot target for you. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing all of this excellent information. Can people connect with you? How will they how can they learn more and get more of your your expertise? Well, thank you, Marie. Um, absolutely. I enjoy connecting with people on LinkedIn, Maureen Farmer, exactly as it sounds. And I have a website, which is a little bit of a long one, uh, but it's wordrightcareer.com, word like the word, write like your right arm, career like your job.com. And uh, incidentally, I have uh, just launched today a brand new ebook. And it's called CEO Script Vault. And they are job search scripts for busy executives. And so what those scripts do are uh, um, it's a, a do-it-for-you way to tap into your centers of influence without feeling awkward or, or clumsy or, um, or, you know, feeling like you're being a burden. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for sharing all of your expertise. We so enjoyed having you on the show, and hopefully people will put into practice what you shared and and change their job search for 2019. If you're listening, don't go away. We're going to come back without Maureen, but I'm going to break it down for you and give you a few other things to think about as you go into your job search. So thank you, Maureen, and we'll be right back here on The Career Confidant in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired 
Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you tapped your full potential as a leader? Sometimes you have to go a little deeper and connect with your inner force. Join host Angela King as she invites you to discover something that already lies within you and helps you become a better leader. Your most important connection is the one you have with yourself. It's time to connect, ignite, and rise. It's time for Inner Force. Tune in live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we are talking about the hidden job market and how executives can access that hidden job market. And one of the key points that I think I hear from a lot of job seekers and career professionals is this idea that networking is the key. And yet when we say that and we hear it, it's often misconstrued or misinterpreted in terms of what that networking actually means. When people talk and think about networking, they often are thinking about how they're going to go out and meet new people, go to a contact cocktail event, go to even an industry event and meet new people. And that's what Mm -hmm. networking means. For most of us, most people, in job search or entrepreneurship or whatever it might be, our opportunities don't come from some new person we meet today. That's what I like to call trying to win the networking lottery, right? Trying to find that one person that you're going to meet who's new and they're just going to skyrocket your business all in one foul swoop or get you a job tomorrow because you've magically met this right person. That's not how networking works. Networking is most often those people that we already know, like, and trust. And going to them, conversing with them, building our, on our relationship with them, that existing relationship, to unearth other connections, to unearth weak ties is that you know, kind of the key word that you'll hear. 
the buzzword that you'll hear. But the idea really is that we aren't likely for those people that are already in our network to know of something, but that they will know somebody who will know something. And if we can build those relationships through our existing network, it's much more comfortable for everyone, it's quicker, and it's more productive. So the idea is that you already have this group of people that you know, like, and trust, and that you are perhaps not able to connect with them in a way that helps them help you. Most of the time we're telling those people Sometimes the types of jobs that we're targeting, sometimes when we're not telling them that we're looking at all, maybe because we can't if they happen to be a current colleague, but a lot of times just because we don't know how to share with them or we don't think of them as a potential connection to an opportunity. We tend to downplay, um, underestimate the people's network of who we already know. There's some, you know, hopefulness that I can go out and meet someone new, but for some reason that same hopefulness doesn't apply to Mm -hmm. the connections of the people I already know. So that's the challenge that we're confronted with. Instead of hoping that someone brand new is going to perform a miracle for us, how can we help ourselves reach out to those that are already in our network or as Maureen was talking about, those centers of influence that we're already connected to and really think about what it is that they could help us with. Think about how we can connect with them and get over some of that fear that if we share with them, it's going to hurt the relationship in some way. Maybe thinking about the last time someone asked us for help and how did that make us feel, especially if they gave us a few different ways to help them where we were successful in doing it. That doesn't hurt a relationship, it strengthens it. How we ask And what we ask is important in making that a positive encounter for the person that we know, but it isn't a requirement that, you know, you have to be able to give someone something. It's nice to ask. It's nice to think about how you can give, and it's important to Find a way to make the ask. People talk about that in sales conversations all the time. And although this isn't a sales conversation and you don't want to approach it like one, the same principle applies that we have to find a way to ask these people for help or else they won't know how they can help us. And then they'll feel unsuccessful and that might hurt the relationship. So we're finding those centers of influence, people in our industry, people in our colleague group or former colleague group, 
are going to be the best at recommending us, right? They've seen our work. They've seen us in action. So they are probably going to be the, the best to give us a recommendation. However, those people who know, like, and trust us that aren't in those categories can still be great resources for these conversations. And as Maureen was talking about, then we're going out and having conversations with people about the companies that we're interested in, about the industry, about topics that everyone can engage in, right? The the future of the industry, the trends, lots of ways to engage people in a conversation that doesn't require them to give you a job that lets them help you in a lot of different ways, providing information, providing details that might be helpful about a a company you're interested in. And then, yes, if they are, if it's appropriate to ask, perhaps a connection in one of those companies that you're targeting. This is the this is the best case scenario, right? That you've made these relationships already, that you're not trying to go out and start a a new relationship, but that you can circle back around, talk to these people who already want to help you and simply provide them with better ways that they can help you with more concrete ways that they can participate and share and add value And then you're building on a relationship so there's not the concern around you, quote unquote, selling yourself or feeling like you're asking for a favor. Because if you have a relationship with these people, asking for a favor, hopefully, is is something that isn't a big deal. Now, just to kind of put that on the flip side, I don't know if you've ever been in that shoes of having the opportunity to refer someone into your company and think about how that would work for you. If someone you knew really well or who was referred to you by someone you knew really well, if you were able to get them hired within your company, how would that make you feel? Perhaps there'd even be a monetary reward for you helping to bring someone good into the company. If the person that you're talking to wouldn't feel the same or you don't feel like they would feel the same, then they might not be a good connection for you. But most people who are able to get someone into their company that they either know they've worked with before or who is referred to them by someone else, they're going to be happy to do it, happy to have someone that they know can do a great job in the company, happy to improve their relationship with their existing HR staff, team, maybe their own manager, maybe that manager that's hiring for that position, and then perhaps even have a monetary award for that referral as many companies do. That's your centers of influence, accessing those, talking to them. The other point that Maureen talked about was your brand. And a brand gives you the power to attract people instead of having to push them or or pull them into you by actively promoting yourself. Having a brand means that you're clear about who you are, who your target audience is. That's often the part of, of branding that people falter on. 
So you're clear about who you are. You're clear about who your target audience is. And then you're also clear about what your value is to that target audience. So clear about that, that when you talk about it or you share about it, there isn't the need to be salesy. You know the problems, you know the solution that you could offer, you can share stories that distinctly outline how you can be that solution. And it really is quite natural for you to talk about what you do, what you love about what you do, some of your favorite projects in the past, talking about it with those um, kind of story language or, or emotional words can help make it feel a little bit less salesy. It isn't, you know, let me tell you what I can do for you. It's, oh, those were some great problems that I love to solve. One of my favorite projects was doing this. And you're really talking about those aspects of what you do that, yes, connect with the target audience, but are also authentic and make your eyes sparkle, right? They, they light you up because you this is what you love to do. And they're real, authentic stories told in a way that connects to your target audience, knowing your strengths, knowing how those strengths connect to the target audience and add value so that you can talk about it effortlessly and not have to feel like you're being pushy or, or selling yourself. That's the key. So when you've identified who that network is and you know what your brand is, your focus, your strengths, some of those brand stories, Then you start to have those conversations. And again, remember, those conversations aren't about you. You know what you want to say about you when it's time, when there's the opportunity, when it makes sense. But those conversations aren't about you. They're about the trends. They're about the target company. They're about that person that you're connecting with first. And then you're taking the opportunities as presented to Tell them a little bit about yourself, never forcing that because that's not what a relationship is all about. We're going to take another short break here. And when we come back in just a few minutes, we'll tie a bow on this and and give you some to-dos for 2019 if you're thinking about launching a job search. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. 
We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we've been talking about the hidden job market and what you can do to access that hidden job market. And Maureen Farmer was with us, and you should connect with her on LinkedIn if you are listening and haven't yet, Maureen, M-A-U-R-E-E-N, Farmer. And she is shared some great tips for accessing the hidden market. And we've kind of dove into those a little bit further in terms of your centers of influence, your branding, and then she talked about your project execution. This is where the rubber hits the road for most people, and people are afraid to do it this way because they think, oh, if I'm being strategic, that means I'm using people, or something about being strategic makes it feel inauthentic. And I would challenge you to avoid the either-or black-and-white thinking that often rears its ugly head when we're stressed and when we're job-seeking. We're definitely in that vulnerable place we're thinking about change or we're in change and therefore we have this challenge of how do I actually make this happen. If you are helter-skelter talking to your network as it's convenient, you're going to struggle. Strategy is nothing more than being thoughtful about who you talk to and when. It's not that you are expecting anything more from any relationship than is appropriate. And in fact, having a strategy can help take the um, help take the pressure off. So here's the strategy. And I'm going to tell it to you because it's nothing that you haven't heard before. It's the execution that most people falter on. 
not because they don't know what to do, but because every step has its internal challenges that you are working through your most of the time manufactured obstacles for doing these steps. We are afraid to connect with people. We don't know quite what to say. Even if we've gotten a script, we need to make it work for us. This is the power of coaching. This is why I teach coaches how to do this um, because knowing what to do and executing it are two completely different things. So here's the formula. First, you get a list of target companies. This is not limiting. That's the first thing that's going to pop up in your brain. Oh, if I do that, I'm limiting myself. That is not the purpose. A target list allows you to have a concrete way to present your focus to your network And it also serves as a jumping off point for your network. So in fact, it's the opposite of limiting. It's expansive because when people have data points in front of them, they can use those as association points to expand on. When they don't have anything in front of them and they're being asked to pull things out of thin air, it's very challenging. If you give them companies to start with, They will add more companies to that list. I guarantee you they will not just look at that list and beyond it unless they don't really want to help you. And then they might. And that's okay. At least you had a a broader way of getting some help from them from the beginning. Then you share that target list with your network, with your centers of influence, with those people that already know, like, and trust you. That's that's the step that most people miss is sharing that list with that audience and asking them to use it to help you. Are there people that they know there? What do they know about those companies? What would they recommend that you do? What advice do they have for you given this very specific direction? When you give those people that ammunition and you ask an open, broad way that they can help you using that list, it's dynamite. It gives you the opportunity to access those weak ties that will be able to give you a position. It gives you the opportunity to talk to people at your target companies and see if that company is really a good fit. It gives you the opportunity to add new companies to your list because Again, that audience that you're sending this target list to is not dumb. They're going to think of other things to add to that list and they'll share them with you and you'll have new opportunities to consider. And then you're systematically following up on these leads, systematically following up with your target company referrals, following up with your existing network following up with the connections that they provide to you and continuing to work that network to add those connections, to increase the webs in the spider web and looking to do that until you hit that tipping point where something clicks. 
on average, it's going to take about 40 good networking meetings to start to make those connections happen, to get some interviews, to get an offer. That's an average. So for some people, it might take more. For some people, it might happen faster, right? If you're making those good connections and you're doing it systematically, it will click. And that's the hard part for a lot of us is to continue that effort, to continue, you know, in business, it would be our marketing activity, very similar process, right? And in your job search, it's this networking activity that is very focused and targeted. Yes, you can add some event marketing to your strategy if you like to or want to or think you need to expand that network of people that know, like, and trust you and know that that process takes even more time because you have to build a relationship with that person that you meet at that networking event before they will probably be someone who is able to offer a connection Now, that doesn't mean there aren't other ways they can help you, right? They can add more companies to your list. They can give you intelligence on the companies already on your list. But it's going to take time to build that relationship. Execution and consistency are key. Building a process for yourself or hiring a coach who can help you manage that process and Continue to do so when it gets hard. Continue to do so when you feel like you've done everything and it's just not working because it's that next connection that could be the answer. And that's hard for us to keep pushing. It's hard for us to know that that effort is so important and yet sometimes it can feel so defeating. So if you're looking for some inspiration, for some guidance, for some help, I would encourage you to connect with Maureen. I'd encourage you to connect with the other career thought leaders and you can go to www.careerthoughtleaders.com and check out the LinkedIn profiles and blogs of other career thought leaders who will give you inspiration and information to keep you moving or be available to coach you one-on-one to move you through those obstacles. We'll be right back here again next week with The Career Confidant, and I look forward to seeing you then. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 